Recording from Boulder, Colorado on February 8th, 2017, it's Dr. Zen and the Greatest of All Sinners. I'm Ray Augustinelli, your host here with Paul Augustinelli, my brother, Good the morning. guy we call Dr. Zen, Hi. and the Greatest of All Sinners, Jeffrey Lawrence Whedon. Good, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you as well. This, as many longtime listeners know, is a podcast where two men of great faith and even greater doubt, that would be you two, Engage in discussion about pop culture, sports, science, history, and things like that. It's the events of the day as seen through the lens of eternity. It's the seven deadly sins meets the eightfold path. We like to rap on things high and low, here and far. Jeff, how has your week been? Great week. Fantastic. Excellent. Um, let me touch on some, some subjects for you. Can I get your opinion please on some things, please? Do. Um, I was thinking, I was passing through my house where my lovely bride has uh, placed all these photos, uh, nostalgic moments in our lives and that sort of thing. And um, I found some that started to trouble me a bit. And it led me to think a question of you. I've got my own and I'll start with that. But I'd like you to think for just a second, a little bit of an ambush to both of you, the most inappropriate slash regrettable photo you've ever staged. <clears throat> or maybe even been a part of uh, mine was, um, I'm at Gettysburg. I'm a history buff. My dad was a history teacher. I mm-hmm. love history. Um, we, had, uh, we had just been uh, ushered through the entire battlefield by this, like a ranger, um, in our car. He gets in your car and drives your car mm-hmm. throughout the uh, everywhere, takes you everywhere. And, and we were just all alone with him. It was just lovely. It was a wonderful time. I'm wanting to catch some uh, photos to, to make some memories. And I put my kids on, uh, draped around one of those cannons pointed directly at the camera. Mm. And uh, I'm a pacifist. <laughs> They're just little kids. Uh-huh. It, it just, it's one of those things where people cry, come by and say, what were you doing? Why were you doing that? It, it didn't sound bad at the time, but it looks, it looks awful. And, uh, and I, I regret it. I wish it didn't happen. Do you have a similar story? I do. It's similar in a couple right? of ways. Yeah, in that it's, it's kind of related to statuary as well. Um, and, and maybe that's typically the case when we pose photos. It's with something there beside us. But mine, what came to my mind immediately when you posed the question was that um, I was with my wife on the campus of the University of Wyoming in Laramie several years ago where her mother was working in one of the chemistry labs. And um, she convinced me to climb up on top of a statue of a bear <laughs> and make a goofy face and stare at the camera. And it's one of these experiences where I knew at the time that this was not something I should be doing. This was a, not a moment I wanted enshrined in eternity. And yet I did it. And the photo came out. And I immediately said, you are forbidden henceforth from showing that to anybody for, for <laughs> between now and the, and the end of the world. And she has obliged and so that photo has not gone out but i do feel like if that photo were to go out on social media my you know cool (laughs) score would go from it's already low like i don't know three out of ten to negative numbers well i think that we have to post uh, both photos on the uh maybe so dr zen the greatest website and and i'm sorry about that yeah Uh, but uh, i think you owe that to our audience possibly so i'll have to decide that Mm -hmm. is there anything worse then, oh, do you have one? I do have one. Oh, it just came to me. And ahead. in fact, I just discovered it a few days ago Dr. while cleaning Sam. out the garage. This goes back about 10 years ago when I was in Mexico with a girlfriend who shall remain nameless. Wow. And she was not a proficient beachgoer, <laughs> so she was not proficient at applying sunscreen. So she did it in a very splotchy way and proceeded to drink four margaritas, which prevented her from, from feeling the sun that was toasting her in this oh, patchwork. My. 
And we both had a really great time, but we got back to the hotel and she was drunk and red in splotches. Ooh. And then she splayed out on the bed with that look on her face, that smile and all the splotches on, on, on her body. And she said, go ahead and take a picture of me, wow. which I did. <laughs> and it was, it was very embarrassing. And uh, I just I just discovered it a few weeks ago, like I said, uh, and I took a picture of the picture so that I, that I could <laughs> preserve it digitally. But then I destroyed the picture itself, oh. and I didn't upload it to Facebook. Good move. Just to, yeah, exactly. It was a good move. Yeah. That little yeah mm. decorum kicked in right at the end yeah. there, yeah. and I'll probably delete. No, it's got to be on well. the website. <laughs> oh, with her face blurred out or yeah. something. All right, well, I could do that. Right. I mean, we're not gonna. We're not going to humiliate her on purpose, yeah. just accidentally. Yeah, accidentally. Oops. Okay, we'll get these on the site. Okay, so a uh, little bit of a gripe, and I'm struggling with it, and perhaps this is just me, okay? And I realize that sometimes I have issues, and those are my issues, and it's not the world at fault, it's me. It's Jeffrey Lawrence Sweden. But I'm, I'm made irrationally rage-filled by fans of the other team at your home venue. Especially loud, crazy, obnoxious fans. And so, and unfortunately, you know, Chicago's had a lot of success recently, and there's a million Chicagoans all over the planet just because of the population of the city and the nature of, of people being spread across the country. Um, the Chicago hockey fans are insufferable. The Rangers hockey fans are insufferable. They've got all these little songs, and they're pointing in your face, and they're screaming at you. It just makes me absolutely crazy. One of the fun things about the, being able to go for the home team, especially if they're awful, if they stink. <coughs> and so many of our teams do occasionally. Avalanche are a are. lovely team oftentimes and just abysmal right now. They are the worst in the league by like 20 points this it's season. So it's so terrible. So at least we could go there and the boys are trying hard and we're having fun, but no, it's just songs and people pointing your face and they're laughing. Mm. It just drives me absolutely crazy. First of all, do you have the same problem? Second of all, is there some kind of reasonable solution besides just banning them? <laughs> what do you think, Dr. Zay? I, I, I agree with it, with the, with the difficulty you have. And I think it is a problem. It besmirches not only the fan base of that those visiting fans who are, who are misbehaving like that, but it besmirches the city itself. And like you said, I think Chicago fans are actually pretty well-behaved. Packers fans are going to be super well-behaved. You know, there is a character. You know, Philly fans are just awful. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, off, they're awful to each other in their home stadium, so you can see that. But, uh, yeah, I think something needs to be done about it. I think it's obnoxious. And, you know, anecdotally here in town here, we've got... You know, we've got the sports bars where you can go and you can watch your home yes. team and every little microcosm can have their own fan base. Well, the Jets fans, and I love the Jets. I'm a Giants fan, but I love the Jets. The Jets fans in town here have been kicked out of the bar that shows everybody's games <laughs> because of their obnoxiousness. <laughs> well, I do have a, I don't, I actually don't think it's as big a problem as you guys maybe do, but I do have a potential solution taking as uh, an example, what the British do with soccer, now we followed their lead largely with a Brexit-like vote with our presidential election, why don't we take their lead with regard to how they treat visiting fans um, in the Premier League, which is that uh, typically a corner of the stadium or two corners of the stadium are actually dedicated very discreetly to visiting fans in, in the home stadium. I love and it. this has the benefit of segregating it so you're not sort of sitting amongst them. 
Um, and it also gives the visiting team a place to go celebrate the goals very distinctly as if they're in their home stadium. So I think there's actually kind of some win-win love in that. It. And maybe we do that with our with our home stadiums. We dedicate that, that sort of visiting fan uh, section. We'll look into it. Thank you for that. Okay. And then finally, I've got a question for Dr. Zen. And, and uh, Ray, you can respond as well. But I, I particularly wanted to know the Buddhist take on this. And that is, is that perhaps we're in cold and flu season, gentlemen, and you might be both aware of that. And there are the times where you're just feeling very poorly and your body is generating significant amounts of phlegm. You have some sort of wet, horrible cough that yeah. ejects some globule of horridness, yeah. orange, yeah. something in your mouth. Yeah, it happens. Uh, and it, it's, mm-hmm. it's super gross. Mm-hmm. And so, But you're out in public. You're like on the sidewalk or something like that. Can you, uh, can you spit that? Can you hawk that? in front of, just get it out? Can you go to the mm-hmm. gutter? Can you go to the trash? Can I do it in public? Or am I supposed to swallow it? Is there a zen-like comportment I'm supposed to have where maybe I would just keep it to myself? Are you worried about that at all? What would Buddha of do? Of course. No, it's a, it's a deep question. It's obviously, <laughs> as you. all of your questions are, uh, you. greatest. <laughs> and I'll give you the, the traditional Buddhist answer, I believe, would be follow uh, right healthy practices and expel that from your body, but do it in a way that is right mindful. So do it in a way that's mindful. We're going to be talking about mindfulness later. Do it in a mindful and decorous way. That would be the traditional Buddhist response. The Zen Buddhist response would be... Nice. Wow. Just wow. responding to it in the moment. Love it. Can you wipe that off the microphone, though, <laughs> Dr. Sam? I don't know if we want to stare at that. <laughs> hey, let's get into our topics of the day. We are going to talk about mindfulness today. We're going to talk about artificial intelligence in the home, and we're going to do a little bit of a Super Bowl wrap-up. But starting with mindfulness, it's big in the workplace these days. Um, some, like Sam Harris, like to think of mindfulness as kind of secular meditation. Um, I'm curious your guys' thoughts as uh, contemplative guys, and, and I think it's fair to say spiritual guys. Is mindfulness merely fast food spirituality? Is this kind of a net plus or minus in society, in your opinion? Let's start with you, Dr. Zen. Okay. Um, just a quickie on Sam Harris. I think, I think the guy just sets up a lot of straw men. He's like the, he's like the, uh, the, who's it? Al Frank Baum, you know, who, who just <laughs> created the, the straw men. He's just, a lot of what he objects to is, uh, just for the purposes of argument. But, uh, but that's that. I think it's a good question as far as mindfulness. Uh, is it fast food spirituality? Is it, is it good or bad for, for culture, if you will, or society? I tend to think that it is. A kind of fast food spirituality, but that it may be a healthy fast food spirituality. Maybe maybe there's a good way of, of using it to get into some deeper stuff. And even if you don't get into some deeper stuff, deeper levels of yourself, self-exploration, it's still going to provide some benefit to you. Um, you know, it, it, it's a good question and it's very much alive in Buddhist circles these days. Um, but if you look at mindfulness, though, if you look at what actually is going on there, you're just paying attention. And I would say that attention is the root of love. So if you just look at it that way, you can't love what you're not paying attention to. And if you give full attention, patient, willing, open attention to something, that actually is love. And all of the religions that are based on love, which are all the major religions that we have in the world these days, that's what you're talking about. You're talking about a religion of love. So you're talking about a religion of attention. Attention is just the secular word for it. I would say that, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what you're doing with mindfulness. 
Oh, neat insight. So even in the mode where at one of these big companies, Google or whatever, if they have a little mindfulness break or something and you go into a room and you do a, a little bit of a, I don't know, 15 minute meditation or they have the little breakout where you can go there and, you know, pseudo meditate for nine minutes or something out of stretch to get a recharge. That's okay. You know, that it doesn't demean the act by there's, doing it, it in sort it, of a lightweight it, it way. It does potentially demean the act. Yeah. And there's a risk there if your intention in doing a mindfulness practice is to become more productive or to become a better person or a more improved version of yourself in mm -hmm. some way. Mm -hmm. I do think that that introduces a little potential toxin into the practice, mm -hmm. which is going to have an effect on the love ultimately that you're bringing to yourself, your work, other beings in the world, which is ultimately what it's all about. So if you've got that self-improvement agenda, it's gonna compromise it in some way. Mm -hmm. I do I do believe that. Yeah. And of course, there are those ag agendas at play right now. So I think you gotta watch out for it. So we're talking about workplace mindfulness and some of that sort of thing. And, and I feel like um, I, I am uh, an amateur in regarding mindfulness or Buddhist teaching and that sort of thing. And yet I think that there is something very powerful and meaningful there. Just like you may have battlefield Christianity, which is where in a foxhole everybody is mm -hmm. praying to a god. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that inherently, certainly not at that moment. I don't think that you're going to be open to other richness and other benefits if that is the depth and breadth of your Christianity. And I would think that there's some of the same issues with mindfulness. That if you are doing five minutes of, you know, I, I do calm.com, uh, it, mm -hmm. A couple of times throughout the day, mm -hmm. my Apple Watch has a breathe uh, function where I try to apply some mindfulness to the, even that little bit of time, and uh, and I think that there are going to be gains and they're they're good. It's it's going to add value to your life. I do disagree with, <clears throat> and I don't know if this is fair or not, but I just uh, I'm almost done with Ten Percent Happier by Dan Harris, mm -hmm. and he's really very much putting forward as, as almost like a scientific idea mm -hmm. that these are, and, and he, because he's uncomfortable with the supernatural metaphysical components of Buddhism, where I, I feel that there there is some magic in Buddhism and there's some something there that's beyond what is necessarily easily explainable. And, and that if you're uncomfortable with that, I think a great deal of good can come from mindfulness, but I think you are you're stealing something. You're, you may be keeping some of the really good extra stuff that could come your way from coming that way by having that attitude. So, you know, we talked a little bit about, you said fast food spirituality, and yet we're at this time where I, I heard a very excellent discussion about the, the McDouble and how that might be <laughs> the most impressive piece of nutrition for the amount of money that's ever been produced in the history of the world, that you would have never had something that can provide as much nutrition of stuff you need in a day for as cheap as it is and not that you could have them all the time not that you but nevertheless that it would be a good thing and and so i think you know you might be able to treat <laughs> mindfulness as fast food and it still may be nourishing in some way but you're really stealing something really good from yourself so um uh, january 31st was the uh, birthday of american christian and buddhist thomas merton mm -hmm. who uh mm -hmm. dr zen yes, turned me on to mm -hmm. In 1941, he um, uh, entered a Trappist Abbey in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, I don't think there's more jarring and incongruous phrase in the English language than a Trappist Abbey in Kentucky. <laughs> um, and I, I'm reading Seven Story and mm -hmm. all of that mm -hmm. good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Seven Story Mountain, um, which essentially uh, um, 
is was was on the National Review's list of 100 best nonfiction books of the century. Listen, there's something meaningful here, and it's more than just workplace mindfulness and fast food mindfulness. But if that's all they get, mm-hmm. if that's all someone gets is fast food mm-hmm. mindfulness, I think they're still going to be happy and healthy and more power to them. Great. Could be gateway experience to bigger <laughs> and deeper things. Yes. <laughs> hey, um, artificial intelligence in the home is also kind of an emerging trend which may get bigger and deeper in the future, but we are certainly in the early stages um, well, uh, maybe widespread popularity of things like Amazon's Alexa and Google's Home. And, and I think uh, most people are probably familiar at this point with the basic concept of these devices that sit in the home and can be controlled uh, by voice and can do things like play music, order products down the line, be able to control uh, devices, smart devices, Internet of Things, connected devices, and so forth. Where do you guys stand on this? This is potentially a slippery slope towards uh, scarier things as we get into the security issues and the privacy issues involved, not to mention our bet noise a topic, the issues related to computers uh, controlling our lives and the robot apocalypse. But without going all the way there, I would like to get your guys' thoughts on these personal digital assistants. Do, do you guys have one? Do you use it? Do you think you will get one? Will you use it? What are your thoughts? Um, so I have some thoughts. Um, let, let me start with the last part first, and then I'll circle around. And so I use Siri occasionally, but I use Siri far more often unintentionally. <laughs> because okay. she comes on if the button is pressed for so long, which okay. means in my pocket, which yeah. means at court, occasionally. I've been trying the New Zealand voice. <laughs> okay. Which right. is super fun and kind of sexy for me, uh-huh. but especially inappropriate in court. Yeah. Where it's just like, and how may I help you? Or whatever it is. <laughs> the judge is like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, I didn't touch anything. <laughs> Somehow my boob turned on the phone. <laughs> and, and these are funny things now. But when, when it's running your car or when it's running your life or when it's your robo-surgeon, it's not going to be funny. It's terrifying. And so, and then here's the other thing is that Humans are stupid. Machines are stupid. You put them together, it's a ton of stupid. And so, like, Alexa, I read somewhere that it's the 39th most popular name for a girl in America. So there's all this stuff going on where people are like, Alexa, stop hitting your brother. And, uh, or, or Alexa, you know, I wish you'd just go out and buy me a BMW to your little daughter. Everybody's like, ha, 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 until the X4 shows up at your doorstep. And there's some German dude expecting you to pay 50 grand. Or they took it out of your account already because you already authorized Alexa to make those purchases. So it's probably, it's problematic to me. You know, I think that we should probably uh, not have assistants named John or Danielle or that sort of thing just for the problem of in our lives yeah. and the, the idea of this always on uh, a presence in your life that's going to be dealing with things there has to be an intentionality and an agency to us I, I wish that we could turn it on by saying something that would not you know that's not like good morning yeah. if, if, if your robot you know uh, executioner turns on by saying good morning it's problematic <laughs> so I wish we were more thoughtful and, and that's the issue is that the, the technology is outstripping and we're laughing about stuff now mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to be funny 10 years from now it'll be one of those things like not having seat belts in cars and yeah. my dad riding in a, in a wooden crate next to Grandma uh, Mildred 
in the car. You know, th- that's not funny. We don't laugh at that anymore, but yeah. they laugh their heads off yeah. at that. So I am, uh, I, uh, it, can it be helpful? Sure. Is it going to be great? I know I'm just probably a curmudgeon, but it's terrifying to me. The unintended consequences may vastly outweigh <laughs> the intended consequences in terms of their effect on your lives yeah. in, in a negative way. What do you think, Doctor? Oh, Jeff, with all due respect, I think you're a scaredy cat. Yeah, oh, good, good. good. Tell me. A little egg-shaped <laughs> device running my home. Come on. We'll get the protections in place and we'll make sure it doesn't do anything we don't want it to do. Don't you believe? I I, I actually I, I actually am looking forward. I don't have one now, but I am looking forward to give it a try when it comes. And, you know, yeah, there's going to be all sorts of glitches that happen. Um, there are vast privacy concerns down the line and we'll see how that pans out but hey i'm i'm kind of on the side of go ahead and collect my data i don't uh you know mind that much but i i read a recent uh just yesterday this guy in the boulder denver new tech community puts out this this brilliant idea this idea for uh, creating a series of apps and creating a a way of life that we could actually screw facebook Amazon, Alexa, with with all of their data collection by basically like putting your cell phone next to your Alexa and then having it just programming your phone to talk to Alexa through the course of the day, <laughs> mm-hmm. telling it to look up random things, telling it to put things on your calendar. And you combine with your friends to tell it to make these random calendar associations <laughs> and telling it that you're in Bangkok and you're in Tokyo. So basically raising the noise level yeah, yeah. of all of the data that's being collected by your phone and by Alexa, but having it done just completely behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> You, I think you managed to be both a techno utopian and a techno dystopian yes. in the same sort we of have to do that. analysis. We there. have to Fantastic. do that, and I think there's some amazing applications yes. of the Alexa technology that I think will make things, you know, remarkable down the line. Good. Well, great to see your guys' take on that issue. I would not have predicted Dr. Zen would have initially come out as sort of the techno-utopian. I think we could have predicted a bit of a curmudgeonly approach by you, Greece of All Sinners, true to form, but great perspectives on it. But you, neither of you have one device now, nor do I, in these more full-featured devices. You do have the right. Siri thing, right. but um, uh, I'm here to predict that maybe one of us will in the next year or so. Absolutely. So we'll revisit the issue and, and find out what those experiences are. Time for a little bit of a wrap-up on our Super Bowl predictions, which we did on our last podcast. And I believe, greatest of all sinners, you and I must once again bow down humbly to the predictive genius of Dr. Zen. His prediction for the Super Bowl was... 30 to 24 Patriots. The end result, as we all know, was 34-28. He actually not only predicted the winner and the right spread, but the score within four points on either count. So lucky you're lucked into it again. Crow to the (laughs) the extent of your crow ability, Doctor Zen. How'd you do it? How'd you do it? Just just pulled it out of my. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you guys watch the game? What did you think? So, um, first of all, I will bow to your greatness, Mm -hmm. um, and it's a little bit creepy about how, you know, he says that it's luck and that sort of thing, but there might be something to this whole Buddhism mindfulness thing that opens him up to the universe in a way that at least allows him to connect with Bill Belichick. I I agree with that. So, anyway, 
Bill Booty Belichick, you can see him being unaffected and unattached to anything. Yeah, except... So your thoughts, Crow for us. Yeah, oh no, you know, I felt it, I felt it coming. I didn't see it coming that way. I'm, I'm, I'm really sad for the city of Atlanta. I'm sad for the fans of the Falcons. Uh, what a brutal, brutal way to lose a game. Uh, to be in the lead, to be dominant, for not for two periods, not for two quarters, for three quarters, uh, minus a few minutes, and then to lose it in that way, where, where maybe one more thing could have secured the victory for them. But everything went the Patriots' way, and you got to give credit to the Pats for tapping into, I mean, the momentum. You When it, when it shifted, you almost felt it. Mm. When it shifted, it's like, uh-uh, you don't let Brady and team do this. And you saw it coming, and it was like a slowly unrolling train wreck for all of those Atlanta fans. So it is one that's going to go down for the ages at all sorts of subtexts in terms of the cities of Atlanta and Boston, uh, the legacies of the Patriots and and the Falcons, you know, kind of clashing there. So it's going to be talked about for a long time. A lot of drama. Um, just a lot of sadness, I gotta say, a lot of sadness for the Falcons fans. You yeah. know, it's a it's a brutal way to lose. So I felt very much the same in that um, it was. I'm not a Patriots fan anyway. I don't hate the Patriots, but I am just bored to death of the Patriots. <laughs> and um, and I like. I, you know, I was instilled, and it's it's in a lot of people. But I can. I my dad. One of the gifts he gave me was the ability to be excited about any game on earth by either having a rooting interest, or I hate someone, or I love someone. I make some. Thing up. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not a better, which is the easiest way to do this it. This is the way, yeah, uh, uh, gamblers <laughs> yeah, get started. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But I always find something. I don't like a coach. I love a coach. I love this player. I love the way to do this and that. And here I was just like, hey, maybe it's time for someone else and to be cool to have a, a different, maybe uh, Matt Ryan is the next Tom Brady and blah, blah, blah. And instead we just got Tom Brady is the next Tom Brady. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so um, it was gutting. It was mm-hmm. awful. And, and in the beginning, uh, there's so much, it's an incredibly psychological drama that happens in the Super Bowl in a way that's stunning to me. And uh, it's be- and that's why it turns into a route in, in ways that are, are, are that aren't explained, I think, in a rational way. And, and I was literally turning to people and I was like, this game is going to turn into a rout against the Patriots. I was just like, they are so out far out. And the way that these things happen, you don't have big comebacks. Hardly ever, you know, the, he, the other big comeback, biggest comeback in history was also by Tom Brady mm. tied with somebody else. Anyway, just absolutely crushing, really uh, a horrible game. And, and the interesting thing is that it wasn't that good a game, but it was a spectacular ending. Right. And then it complicated by really odd overtime rules, which mm. I don't hate, mm. but I don't love. Mm. I would have loved to have seen the postseason with the ability to play a quarter out. Mm. You know, if it had flipped and we had had that historic comeback and Matt Ryan would have got the ball first and drove the ball and, and scored a touchdown, we would have been so brokenhearted saying, oh, if the Patriots just would have had a chance mm. to do their dance. And so anyway, uh, I thought the, the I thought halftime show was fun. I thought the commercials were relatively fun. Uh, Super Bowl was good. And uh, again, bet against the greatest of all centers. <laughs> yes, that is yes. the takeaway one of the big takeaway lessons. So wrapping up in sort of our final segment here, Jeff, sometimes you like to uh, hit us with some challenges impromptu, which we try to be prepared for, but uh, you got anything for us? Closing thoughts. I want you to help me. So one of the things I really enjoy is coining phrases. 
I'm the greatest of all coiners of phrase. And I'm struggling with this one. I'm struggling with this one. And that is, um, I want to have something where I'm with my gay friends and I'm their straight jacket. But a street jacket has this weird pejorative vibe to it. I saw it as a much cooler, funner thing. And so, what could I be doing? Am I am I like the, the a wingman of sorts? Like like they're drunk and they're crazy? Or or explore it with me? Or ask me questions? <laughs> well, so let me see. So you want to use the term straight jacket because you think it's kind of it's a cool brilliant term. It's, it's a brilliant, brilliant term in, in your opinion. Um, uh, open for debate. Um, so you want to find something that it applies to in a positive way. So you're out with your gay friends yeah. and you don't want it to be negative in the form of like a buzzkill or a, a cock block or no. something like that. Oh no, and heavens no. Yeah, so you want it to be something positive. So, um, but, and, and, and let me just ask you, is the, is the existence of the, the term the term straight inside straight jacket significant? Yes, because so it's it a straight friend straight out with your jacket. gay friends. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I don't so know. So you're not out with your beard. Right. You're out with your straight jacket. Right. So you're, you're like you're the you're the, you're like this fine high thread count duds that he or she is wearing, and you're the straight. You know, you bring the straight. Yeah. Right. You're keeping you're keeping the conversation a little honest because you're bringing the straight. But not a horror in a horrible way. No, in in a high thread count way. Some, you're a fashionable jacket. You're a good looking jacket. Wonderfully, fabulously gay way. Yeah. <laughs> so you can ruminate on it. Think okay. about it. We're gonna have to think about it. Doctor Zen is just stunning. I'm pulling a blank. I'm pulling a blank on this one. You got nothing. I'll go to the next yeah. one. I thought you'd love that. All right, that's your loss. Yeah. Um. New sponsor, potentially, for the program. Um, a product category we were able to very briefly touch on before the show when we were kind of going over notes and that sort of thing. But something that is going to be really big, really big, is a breakfast alternative sorts of things. Bre- breakfast biscuits, bre- breakfast bars. These are th- grab-and-go sorts of things which have a little bit of nutrition in them and mm-hmm. they'll uh, tide over your hunger pangs and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Nature Valley makes some great ones. Belvita makes some great ones. Those would be terrific sponsors for us. Go out and try them. They are a big solution to a problem of I'm hungry, I'm, I'm in a rush, blah, 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 taking yeah. over the world. I expect to hear back from those people. What do you do for breakfast? Do you just skip it? Do you just do, I mean, what do you do if you're uh, on the run? I'm the local coffee shop, coffee and a croissant kind of okay. mode. Boring. I, I eat a full <laughs> breakfast every morning with my wife. Super boring. Big on that. Super boring. That was terrible. We got to be out there on the go we, saving yeah. the world. Yeah. We should probably be trying these out before well, let me, we do here, the show call because that was horrible. Well, let, that was terrible. Let me, let There's me, no sponsors in let me, But Let me no. bring it around to where you started. With, with There might be a sponsorship opportunity. And so there was a local company, maybe there is a local company, that fits the niche, sort of. Yeah. Brego? You guys know Brego? They were like the, and maybe they're still out yeah. there, like these cookable sort of thing. They're not quite the bar because you sort of hook, you cook them up. And it's like a breakfast like, calzone. It's like a little calzone. Oh my God. Right? That's gorgeous. But the thing is, what happened to Brego? Because they were big for like five eye blinks like two or three years ago. Look, right? into, look into it. And they were a local mm, company yeah. and then they seemed to have disappeared. And I thought they had real potential and real legs in that concept. So, so to me, the yeah. slight downside is having to heat it up a little bit, but I love it still. You're I still right. love it because I would I freeze think. it or I'd yep. have it, whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Throw it in the bag. Yeah. 
pound of calzone yeah. for morning. I'm, yeah. I'm digging that. What so else do you do, do with that. a calzone? I mean, you mm-hmm. pound, people pound calzones. That's what they right. do. And that's the way people in the old country, Italy, our right. forebears uh, always used to pound calzones. You know, I've had some uh, experience with calzones that actually uh, ran afoul of some municipal ordinance. But that's probably for another show. <laughs> it's definitely for another show. I'd like show. to, yeah, I don't have time. But let's, I, get, let's give a shout out, actually, now that we're on that, that subject, to a local company that is doing a breakfast food and mentioned in the New York Times just this past what? Saturday, I believe mm-hmm. it was, with a big feature article in the business section on the Boulder-based natural foods industry, yeah, yeah. which is booming, Justin's Nut Butters, etc. Yep. One of the companies in there, Purely Elizabeth, they're called, yeah. gran- healthy granolas and mm-hmm. organic kind of breakfast food and oat products. Like, Preach it. Like such. Shout out. Really good. Sponsor. Shout out. Good folks. We used to have an office right near their offices. Good folks. We Purely Elizabeth. What is, what is something now, T TV, uh, streaming, internet, whatever, that you guys just can't watch. Because for me, I mean, I've grown up and I watch just about everything. There's very little I can't watch or stomach. I grew up putting together these parties, these little get-togethers with a bunch of nerds. We'd watch, like, Faces of Death. Did you ever watch that the, that series? No. Theoretically, <laughs> these were actually people dying and yeah. that sort of thing. And some of it was fake. Some of it was real. It was this weird hodgepodge, kind of like a cult a favorite, Faces of Death. So, so I should not... I'm not the person to be saying that I have scruples over anything. Right. Uh, but but so modern stuff, so, I mean, some stuff that's difficult for me, like uh, uh, Titanic where the child dies and those sort of things. Child death is really super, super mm-hmm. troubling for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, in uh, American X, is that the name of the Edward Norton movie? Yo, I know the scene you're talking about. The oh, stomping scene? Yes, oh yes, my yes, God. yes, yes, It just is the, it, the, the it, worst. I can't watch that movie it, anymore. And you can't unwatch that scene. No, my God, it's one of you those can't. It's visceral. See it once. Uh, And and so the modern movies to me are Mr. Robot because for some reason that idea of a potentially insane person having a powerful stake in the history of the world is terrifying to me. And this idea that tyranny of someone like that in that position and uh, I've I've expressed those fears in in manifest ways during our podcast. But in, in Westworld... Uh, taps into that for me mm, a little bit. I've stopped mm-hmm. watching because it's so troubling. Wow! To me. Yeah. I Anything you guys can't watch? I, you know, uh, for me, yeah, there is something, and it it is uh, in sort of the horror genre, and it's it's sort of this. I don't know if it's a subgenre where where when people get their limbs or extremities or their head chopped off, wow, severings. Severings for me, honestly, are something that I cannot watch. I will turn away from the screen when I see one coming. And it is horrific. It is reprehensible to me. And I think there's something about the suddenness and the finality of a severing that strikes me to my core in a terrible way. And I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Really? This <laughs> is you that you you yeah, that is the thing that kind of touches that point in me and I cannot watch it. You are touching on something that historically has been enormously troubling for us. That the there the crime of mayhem uh, uh, yeah. was mm-hmm. the uh, the crippling or the chopping off of a limb or a digit of one of the su- uh, subjects of the king. Oh. And it's been a big deal throughout all of human history. So you're oh, not wow. the only one troubled. Although mm-hmm. the way you're troubled is is particularly troubling. Um, well, you know, <laughs> I'm, sure your therapist, <laughs> I'm sure your therapist will be giving you a call. Yes. Dr. Zen? Yeah, I'm going to have to go back to um, what you alluded to earlier with the, with, uh, the Titanic, I think it was. And it's, vi- it's violence against children. <laughs> did, did, 
did I just have a brain blip there? Did you talk about violence against he children or, or yeah. that in the same yes. child death in yeah. the same context as the Titanic? Or did I just yeah? There's a jam scene where those together. There's, there's a scene that's especially gutting to my wife and I, where there's a ch- they ah, a okay. child is 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 essentially implied to be drowning oh, okay. sort of thing, and it's just it we. Yes. lose it. We, it's yes. really hard for us to process. So that's that's it. And I, I'm, I'm going to a little bit notch differently, which is violence against children and violence against the helpless or the powerless. Oh. So torture kind of falls into this category. That That's something that is very difficult for me to watch. I know it taps into something that very dark and deep and evil in human beings, the capacity to do stuff like that. But it's really, really hard for me to watch that. But on a lighter note, to to dovetail in this happens to with our Brexit food conversation is something that another ex-girlfriend of mine could not watch is people drinking milk (laughs) I I kid you not that she could not and I think it went back to some sort of strange response to those old breakfast cereal commercials (laughs) where kids would like slurp milk and sometimes it would fall down their chin and whatnot and she just like she literally lost it with those scenes wow (laughs) no is this the same girlfriend that is no it isn't it's it's a different different. I think we need to post pictures of both of those girlfriends (laughs) yeah because we could do a double whammy but we might as well do two single whammies. <laughs> We're almost done. Weird yeah. coincidence yeah. here at the end. Junior high, my junior high band, yeah. first album was Deep, Dark, and Evil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely appropriate. Yeah. And this is why you are called the greatest of all sinners. Yes. It, this wasn't... Hey, let me my, be clear about this. Yeah. I'm not proud of that. It's no. not something I aspire no. to. No. It's just it's something that are. unfortunately I am. It's who you are. <laughs> and with that, with dripping milk and with deep, dark evil, we bring to a conclusion this episode of Dr. Zen and the greatest of all sinners. Thank you guys. Have a good weekend. Thank you. A lot of fun. See you all next week. Bye-bye.